0: What's it going to be today? Skyline 3-Way or Cheese conies? Hmm, that's a tough one. I know. Give me a Skyline 3-Way and Cheese conies.
1: Problem solved. Feeling good. It's Skyline time. When the kids call and they say, Hey, Dad, can you pick up Skyline? I'm always like, absolutely. I'm halfway there because you don't have to tell me twice. That's the time for our family to be together. And Skyline's always been part of our family time.
0: You are now listening to the Going Deep Podcast with your hosts, Kevin Massari and Mike Bunt, live from the Cover One Sports Network. Here we go. Welcome into a new edition of the Going Deep Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Massari, here with Mike Bunt. And boy, a lot happened over the last few days, Mike. Um, Just some... um, Wild circumstances in the Bills-Bengals game. And obviously the wonderful news today coming out about DeMar Hamlin and um, his great progress to date so far with this situation. And it's been an extremely hard four days, three days for Bills fans and uh, to process this information. And obviously there is so many football ramifications that we can get to later and at a different time. But I wanted to spend the first so often talking about what had transpired on the field and kind of what your takeaway is from all this, Mike.
1: Yeah, first takeaway is thank God uh, we got a positive update today on Damar Hamlin uh, being responsive, uh, being able to uh, clutch uh, arms with with his hands, being able to write, and, um, and it looks like, we, we got the best news possible earlier this afternoon. So first off, that's, that, that, that's the, the best thing we could have asked for. So thank God for that. And just going back, it just a, such a scary incident. I've never seen anything like that before. Uh, I know the overwhelming majority of us have never seen anything like that before. And just, uh, I'm really kind of at a loss of words. It's just something that, was incredibly scary and uh thank god it, it looks like Demar is gonna be able to to recover and be okay yeah and uh wonderful news you know all my
0: thoughts and prayers are to Demar and his family and what a wonderful story has come out with the 7.3 million dollars for the chasing m foundation uh has been a wonderful thing to see um you know you got his contract four years 3.65 million dollars and you have this wonderful act from around the league and around the co- different communities. You had, you know, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, the Ursays, Belichick and Kraft. Um, you had, you know, so many different uh, Andy Dalton, so many different people donating to this cause. And it's been just wonderful to see the league come together and uh, come up with such a wonderful solution in terms of such a dire and and uh, just such a such a sad circumstance, Mike. That's been awesome to see um, what they've been able to do, and that money will go to extremely great use in the Pittsburgh area for the toy drive Mm -hmm. and other events going back to school and others As have been updated uh, per his GoFundMe account and from his family and uh, manager and team uh, there. Um, and just DeMar as a human, you have a Ty Dunn piece up on his website that's free of charge. You can read about DeMar and his backstory. Uh, it's an amazing read. So please make sure you go ahead and check that out. It's, it's totally worth your time to read that, uh, that article. Uh, it's, it's, it's labeled on the Go Long podcast, golongtd.com, why DeMar Hamlin exactly exactly what the Buffalo Bills need. And it's a lot about who he is, his backstory, um, him as a person, and an incredible, incredible story. Um, So please make sure you take a minute and and check that out. It's worth everything and and, and just totally paints the picture on this community. Mike, as we kind of look at this this situation and what Zach Taylor and Sean McDermott were able to do in, in dire straits and how Sean was able to lead and say I had to be in the hospital for my guy, you see T Higgins going to the hospital and since been there and you see Stefan Diggs make his way there and and get in security. Um, You can't help, but think that there's um, some good actions by these humans across the league.
1: Yeah. The the one thing really on display uh, the last few days was the brotherhood. That is the NFL. And oftentimes we, We look at these players as enemies on on the gridiron, but really they are all players that have gone through common experiences their entire life trying to achieve the goal of making it to the NFL. They all know how difficult it is to get there, and when they see something like that happen, you really see how united they really are um, Mm -hmm. on things that are serious like this. So I was proud of both coaches to go to – basically come together and say this game can't be played. We can't put our players through this because I think if this was 30 years ago, they might have finished this game if this was in the 80s, early 90s and there's no way I think it was pretty obvious early on there's no way that this game could could go on after what took place. Um, it's also kind of brought out the good of humanity even off the NFL to see the nation come together to rally behind DeMar and raise money for his foundation and look out for his health. Obviously this game was supposed to be one of the biggest games of the year taking place on Monday night football in front of the entire nation. So to have everyone kind of come together and pray and come together, regardless of if you're religious or not, I I thought that was a great sign of unity in you also mentioned the the Damar Hamlin side of it we look at these players sometimes as infallible and gladiators on on the football field and it's because they're so spectacular that the average human can't even come close to doing what they do so oftentimes when they make a a poor play or someone takes advantage, we get so upset and frustrated. And we don't often look at the human side of what these players go through. And to get to kind of know more about uh, who DeMar Hamlin is on and off the field, his journey, um, how he was close with uh, Dane Jackson growing up and playing at Pitt and hearing all these things about how DeMar even stayed at Pitt because he wanted his younger brother to have a role model in his life to look up to uh, in his hometown. We're hearing so many great things about DeMar, the person, and you can really see the impact that he has made on, on this Bills team and the players, the coaching staff across the league, even Mike Tomlin, uh, who has had a a long-term relationship with DeMar was just talking about what an incredible uh, human being he is. So I think if there was anything positive that did come out of this, it's that we are now appreciating who DeMar is uh, as a person. We are thankful that he uh, has survived this. Obviously still has uh, a long process ahead of him, but just thankful and recognizing that this has been a unifying force and uh, has brought out the better side of humanity uh, in the last few days.
0: Yeah, and did we win just goes to his character. What he wrote down on the first things he said uh, while writing, did we win? Um, and they responded, yes, you did, um, from the situation that occurred. So I think that that was just a powerful uh, uh, statement of who he was as an individual that um, I believe his father said he he asked, he would he would expect him to ask about this. And it's great to show his neurological level of thinking about the game and almost picking up where he left off. Uh, has been wonderful on a, on a prognosis standpoint of of that. So uh, that was that was great to see. And then when the news was given to the Buffalo Bills of this scenario and him waking up as Kyrie Elam tweeted, uh, Josh Allen said they, they all got a big boost of energy um, per his press conference uh, here just a few hours ago. Um, so that was uh, wonderful to see the team get that boost. We saw the picture from from practice of Josh Allen and of Trey White uh, and uh, we saw uh, Deion Dawkins on air a couple couple nights ago saying, you know, this is all for DeMar, and um, the season is all for him and his family. So uh, just the, the, the mental aspect of it um, is just such a hard experience. Like you had T. Higgins take it hard, him taking some heat for it, for the hit, and Josh Allen said today that you should be in no way blaming T. Higgins for that play um, across the league. <clears throat> Mike, will we have – some type of reaction from this. I think the NFL needs to look hard and play. make sure we're looking at player safety and insurance benefits and things like that as this stuff transpires. And is there anything we can do to test hearts to 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 limit the impact, whether it's pads, whether it's equipment, whether it's anything in these scenarios so this doesn't happen again where safety goes to tackle a receiver and we see this kind of outcome. Whatever the league can do to make sure it's researching and spending money on player safety is of the utmost
1: importance. I think this was a tough one because there are a lot of things that you can test for. And uh, there are times when somebody has an undiagnosed medical condition that unfortunate things happen where you might see a person collapse on a court. You see it happen in basketball um, Mm -hmm. more often than probably other sports, uh, sometimes soccer. Mm -hmm. But obviously I'm I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to pretend to be a doctor, but what many, um, people in the field have been thinking that it is, is something called commotio cordis, which is a blunt force uh, basically hit to the chest and basically precisely the, the right spot during the exact period during your heartbeat cycle um, that can basically cause this type of reaction. And from what I've been reading and listening to, it seems like, more of a freak accident than anything else and that's really where the the tragic traumatic part really comes into it is this really isn't something that I believe you can prevent it's almost more so unlikely that you hit the lottery for the most horrendous thing that could potentially happen in a Mm -hmm. football game T Higgins does not deserve any blame for what happened on Monday night. He does not deserve any blame at all. I'm glad Josh Allen mentioned that it was a football play. It was a very unfortunate football play. And the the, the, the tragic part is that that's something that is a collision that probably happens almost every time there's a play yeah. and Unfortunately, we saw the worst case result, but thankfully, the NFL, the medical staff, they're the best in the world at responding to things like this. And because of that, they were able to save his life. If this happened at a park, he probably wouldn't have had um, the, the result that we have had at this moment in time. But I know our guest is here, Kev, so I will let you uh, hand it off.
0: And real quickly, the Hamlin jersey should be available. I, I'm not sure if they're going to. I would be shocked if they don't do another reorder of them. You can order customize them on uh, the Fanatics. They're donating all of their um, proceeds to the the his foundation, so you're able to go ahead and purchase that. Um, I'm hoping soon there's you can do a custom. I don't know if all those proceeds will go. You can do a custom DeMar Hamlin jersey up there still uh, on Fanatics, or and they will donate the proceeds. Uh, so we'll see when his exact jersey item number comes back in the stock. But that's what we were told that they'll um, they will donating donate all of the uh, proceeds to the Catching M to the Catching M Foundations. Um, so with that all being said, we have a guest today, Mark Schofield. We have Mark every Patriots week um last few years so it is patriots week it is a game that's important for the bills more probably more important for the patriots in certain ways um and you know it's my honor to bring on mark for this in this light of this circumstances obviously we're tuesday at seven show uh and you know we obviously spent a couple of days to make sure that we heard good news uh, from the hamlin situation and we're back at it bill signed to safety they have been practicing. The Patriots have been practicing by all accounts. There's news that this game will clearly go on. Mark, give you a minute to to come on, kind of tell us your thoughts and from your outsider's perspective, watching that Monday night football play.
2: Yeah, I mean, honestly, Mike, Kevin, my first how are you guys doing? Like, I, I'm how are you guys doing with this?
1: It's been tough. I I'm not ashamed to admit on on Monday night, I was crying. I I was I, I felt out of it. I stayed up the entire night watching stuff. And then Tuesday was just a complete rut. I, I know it's odd. We're, we're not, we don't know DeMar personally. We're not family or friends, but in this community, and I would say most NFL fans, you feel like you're part of the team. And when something happens to that, to one of your players, it 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 really was emotional and, I think really what got to me was the thought that we might have just seen a player die on national television in front of all of us. And I, I. there was an incident with the Sabres where a Sabres opponent in the past in 2008 had a near scare. And this one hit home just as much as that one. And yeah, just getting back, but the, the first two days were definitely a rut. Yeah, Mark, it was tough. I mean, I think you
0: kind of feel dirty in a way of like we're enjoying this product and this entertainment factor and it's just like for our enjoyment and we forget the human element of it and we cover it and we say you know Deion dawkins said it best you know we were first to mention bad plays or our fumbles or missed tackles missed coverage assignments missed blocks um but you know we're watching this for our enjoyment and there's a human element to it this the sport and you learn that in a blunt of a second, just like one quick, like right in front of you, the situation was just um, as horrifying as, as, as imaginable and just watching them there, you know, we weren't there uh, watching not only the team and the paramedics and uh, just performing CPR. And and it's a good time to mention like CPR saves lives. Like it just does in any situation, whether it's athletic competition or school, if you're a teacher or, uh, you know, even in your workplace, like CPR is the reason that we're talking about a better outcome here today. So if you have a minute, there is a zero reason that you shouldn't learn it. Uh, you can lit- quite literally save a life. And the Bell's assistant uh, trainer yeah. uh, was the one that actually performed the CPR as a hero and was able to get to the outcomes that we might be at today. So Mark, it's been hard. It's tough. Like for the first time, really in my modern, really maybe ever watching sports, maybe for many people ever, that it's like, this not important like sure there's been small instances of that at times you know maybe 911 maybe other times throughout our history but right then you, you just to see that certain play and just the way it went down was i think just just horrifying for for fans you know to the point where you know the president's talking about it to where people that don't watch football are talking about it i think that the nfl has that type of reach as as an entertainment industry
2: yeah i mean i mean from from my perspective i mean similar to mike i don't think i was okay until today Um, when we got the, the press conference at the hospital and we, we started to get the reporting before that, that he was awake, that he was responsive, um, that he asked about who won. I mean, I, 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 that got me, um, you know, Mike said, you know, you shed some tears on that to me. I shed some tears when I, when I heard that part of it. Um, it's been a tough, um, week, um, I'm incredibly grateful uh, for, you know, obviously assistant trainer, Danny Calliton, Danny Calliton and and what he's done. I'm warmed by the idea that there's been sort of what you were just saying, Kevin, this acknowledgement of learn CPR. You know, I saw Joe Marino, for example, he talked about that on his show. It's something that like, look, I've put on my, it's like moved to the top of my to-do list. Um, I've been heartened to see, for example, the saints of the Pelicans, Uh, Just bought a bunch of defibrillators to put at recreation centers Um, as somebody that, you know, I coached basketball. I coached middle school basketball last night. And it's like walking to a gym for the first time because it's a new gym we had been to. It's like, where's the AED? Like, do I know what I'm doing? Um, So I I think, you know, in what could have been a horrific circumstance has seemingly turned for the better. And I think an awareness of you know what people can do to prevent situations like this from going down that a darker road by learning CPR, by understanding pr- procedures like that, I, I think is a nice positive outcome of this. And obviously, look, DeMar's health and well-being that matters most. Um, and the uh, you know the news that he's responsive, the news that he seems to be as the doctors put it, neurologically intact. Um, that his lungs are healing. Man, that's incredible. Um, and you know, we're slowly getting back to talking about football and I know we're going to talk about this game, but that's, that doesn't matter right now. Um, the yeah. Dem- Mars health and safety matters more than anything. And, and obviously the outpouring of support that GoFundMe. I mean, I, I know we're all sort of waiting to hear his response when he hears that part of it. Um, and, and that's probably going to shed some more tears, at least on my end.
0: Yeah, as you said, Chasing yeah. M Foundation, $2,500 was what he was looking for for Christmas uh, to raise for his um, uh, toy drive at his mom's daycare center. Um, and the story is wonderful. We talked about it, Mark, the ability to go check out Ty Dunn's piece on DeMar Hamlin on his website. Yep. Uh, tells his backstory where he's from, what he's gone through his energy, like going 50 offers and going to pit um, to stay closer to home and just the incredible story of him and what he's been able to do. And now, you know, really impact the community with, you know, seemingly a seven plus million dollars in growing that the entire community, the entire country, uh, came together to, uh, show their love and support, um, for the situation and just the outpouring of support at UC's medical center, nope. uh, all the support of cards and flowers, and you know, from Brandon Bean, who is still there, um, to you know, T Higgins, who's taking it hard, and and others, I'm, I'm assuming, um, are present there. And Mark, before you said today, I was 50 50 if the Bills would play this game, I didn't yep. know that they would. I think that they would have potentially said gladly, if you got a forfeit, you know, we'll take the no decision on the first game. If you got to forfeit this one, um, you know, so be it, uh, until we hear more news. So that's. I wasn't sure until maybe twenty in the last 12 hours if they'd play this.
2: I, I honestly wasn't sure until I saw that. Look, I am a Patriots fan, but the images from practice today in Buffalo, you know, a thumbs up from Josh Allen, seeing the guys smiling again. I wasn't sure until I saw that, that there'd be a game, even with – the great news that we get today about, you know, DeMar's condition and how he seems to be improving. And, you know, uh, you know, Josh Allen said today that, look, you know, they're ready. You know, there's a game to play. They've got a job to do. I cannot imagine that, but the amount of respect I have for that team right now for coach McDermott, I mean, Zach Taylor too, but the way those two coaches handled that situation Monday night, the, I mean, I mean, so much goes into coaching. But the ability to lead in a moment of uncertainty, to lead in uncharted waters like those two men did that night was phenomenal. To see Coach McDermott open up, you know, be emotional today, talk about, you know, it's strong to get help and things like that is incredibly powerful. Um, So, like you, Kevin, I wasn't sure until really 4.30 this afternoon or so that there would be a game. And I I think, you know, it's nice that – we could start to turn the page on this. Again, DeMar is always in our thoughts. Um, but to have a game to talk about and to in a sense feel like it's okay to talk about football again. It was hard, you know, when it was like, should we write about this? Should we talk about this? What should we do? You know, it's it's what we do, it's 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 what we do professionally. Um, it, it's been tough. Um, uh, so it's nice to be able to sort of feel like we can talk about it again, and it's okay to talk about it again. Um, and you know, again, DeMar is always good first and foremost. You know, in our minds right now, but we do have a game. Does look like it's going to be played. You know, there's some news that's coming out in the past couple of minutes about what could happen, seed wise, AFC Championship wise. No decisions have been made, but you know, a tweet from Adam Schefter saying a neutral site AFC Championship game is on the table. Um, but it's nice that we're starting to talk about football again.
1: Yeah, it sure yeah. is. And I got a got a few points here, so I'm a, I'm sorry if I'm a little long winded with it, but go. To go back to the foundation, that was something that he started while at Pitt, just trying to raise 2,500. So it kind of reveals how much of a heart he had even at that point when he didn't have much, much money to still try to do something for his community. Got to 10,000. If, if once he finds out that amount, that's gonna be an unbelievable uh, feeling just to know how many people he's going to be able to help out as a result of this. In one thing that we haven't addressed today I am so appreciative of Sean McDermott and the Buffalo Bills for kind of bringing up that mental health really does matter. It's not something that you can just dismiss. These players, like I said earlier in the show, they are gladiators on the on the field, but they still go through the same pain that all of us were experience. And I'm glad that in the end they are trying to do what's right for these guys. The first decision that was proper was, was canceling the game and just not playing, but then to hold off on, on, on practice to hold off on them speaking about it, offering them help. And then like you said, today was really the changing point when they got the positive news. And when Sean McDermott first came to Buffalo, he was a man that preached culture and a lot of people here,
0: There's a reason Bowling Green State University is ranked number one in Ohio for student experience. Our in-demand degrees and life design program prepares students for their first career and their next. With an unparalleled support system at a national research university, BGSU offers an unrivaled experience, all on a vibrant campus in one of America's best college towns. It's also why Bowling Green State University is the number one school in the Midwest
1: that students would choose again for the fourth year in a row. When the kids call and they say, hey, dad, can you pick up Skyline? I'm always like, absolutely. I'm halfway there because you don't have to tell me twice. That's the time for our family to be together. And Skyline's always been part of our family time. Laughed it off. They thought it was just another coach trying to just bring up a point, kind of focus too much on it. And then they started winning and people started embracing the culture. But true culture is shown during times of adversity. And this is, we've talked about the Buffalo community, all the things that have happened in this city in the past year, Uh, the Buffalo shooting, the, the two weather events, even Kim Pagula, uh, who we still don't know her health situation since her scare last year, Dawson Knox having his brother pass away. And this team has had to battle through so much in To be 12-3 and and to still even have the heart to continue, really, you need to have a strong culture. And I I commend Sean McDermott for putting that all together. And the last thing I'll say before tossing it over, it has been weird this week because obviously DeMar Hamlin's health is first and foremost. That's the only thing that matters. Unfortunately, we know the NFL is a business, and things have to go on, and we're going to have to make that transition. And it's been difficult to know when to make that transition. Some people tried to make that transition too early, skip Bayless, and they, just, they got the deserved backlash for doing that. But as we get into it, it is, it is a game that's going to have playoff implications. New England win and get in. The Bills will be battling for seeding. How the NFL decides to handle all of this, it has the potential to impact eight different teams. Uh, now that we know it's a no contest, that's the first step. But you're talking about Baltimore impacting Kansas City, Cincinnati, Buffalo, New England, even potentially if, if how they would have decided that game if, say, it was a loss or a tie or a win could impact Pittsburgh and uh Pittsburgh and Jacksonville, depending on some wild card situation. So just a crazy sequence. But now I think with the good news, we can finally transition a little bit to it. Sorry for the long-winded stuff, but just I've never gone through this before. So a lot of stuff to, to get out.
2: No, yeah. I, I know. And I appreciate you saying all that, you, Mike. And you're absolutely right. I mean, this has been, you know, again, outside observer, a very traumatic year for Buffalo. Um, all the events that have happened in the greater Buffalo area that you sort of mentioned—you um, know—it's incredible the strength in this community. That again, observing from afar, um, you know, in in sort of moments um, that will sear in my brain, the image of Burrow and Alan hugging—I'm never going to forget that. I mean, there are a lot of images from Monday night um, that will stick with all of us, I'm sure. Uh, But that one is something that I will never forget. Um, And again, thankfully, it seems like, you know, we are going to get a good result out of this, given what it could have been. But I think it was just, we've had a lot of reminders as sort of a global human community of the fleeting nature of life over the past two, three years. And it seems like, again, over and over we're, we're shown images like this, or other events in our lives, or other events that we're living through that remind us how quickly things can change. And going into this game on Monday night, I remember at dinner time talking with my son, my daughter, my wife about it's going to be a really good game. It's going to be awesome. We're going to sit together and watch it as a family. And it changes like that. And in an instant, that part doesn't matter. None of it matters. It's this young man's health, this team, this community, his family and hoping for the best possible result. And it seems like, thanks to the brilliance of the people that responded on the field, in the hospital, we are going to get a good result for that, and we thank God for that.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and the outcomes are just just statistically 3 to 25% based on response time in a tragic incident like that, and it seems like we might get on the better end of that, um, those outcomes. So that is a wonderful thing to hear um and to sum it all up we all learned something we all learned to put cpr in the front of it you know wherever we can with our machines and making sure they're ready to go in certain athletic situations or schools or anywhere i mean businesses maybe even now uh, should consider these situations um so there was a lot to learn about compassion and it was great to see two leaders from two top teams that had everything to play for um say that this really doesn't matter like Cincinnati was up in the game, they could have cared, they could have pressed it. They could have, they could have said, We had a great game plan today. We were focused. This is the most electric our stadium's ever been. They could have pressed the issue, sure. I mean, but to see the compassion and what the both teams are able to do and Burrow go into the Bills locker room with the captains and the scene of Trey White balling and just some of those stuff you'll just from from kid to Yeah. You know, teenager to adult, I I think you just will always remember that scene in a professional sports game of what everybody had to go through. And then, yeah, I mean, you had Mitch Morris with Trey White. Uh, It it was just a a scene that, you
1: know, you may never, hopefully never see. Right, right. Even Dane Jackson helping, um, yeah, Damar Hamlin's mother get down onto the field. Uh, One of the Bills beat reporters, Sal Capaccio, was. Talking on WGR uh, 550 the other day about how he saw a woman going down to the to the first row with a lot of concern, and eventually hearing her say that she was Damar Hamlin's mom trying to get on the field, and Sal was really emotional. He was definitely tearing up while he was saying this, but concerned seeing her son on the field with all this care and not knowing what was going on. And you, you hear a story like that and it gets to you because you're yeah. like, I, I I can't even imagine. I don't even have kids. And I, I can't imagine it, if that was someone that was uh, close to me. And then Dane, having been a, for, a teammate of DeMar's in college, now in Buffalo, actually had one of the security people help the mom be able to, to get there so she could be with him. And it's, (laughs) I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's touching. It's emotional. It gets to you because you, you, we we never really think about the human element and that, that really touched me. And like you guys said, Joe Burrow, um, the, the Cincinnati organization, just, I can't give them enough credit because I don't know like I said earlier, if that would have been the case 20, 30 years ago, yeah. um, and everybody did the right stuff. I've known Joe I, – I know I've told people my connections to, to Joe Burrow, having known who he was since he was a freshman in high school. He grew up in a football family, but in a very poor community. And he is one of the most humble – People that is actually really connected to like deeper things. He when he spoke about the highs when he won the Heisman Trophy, he spoke about Athens. And that poor community had hundreds of thousands of dollars raised for it because of what he said. So when I see Joe Burrow out there embracing Josh Allen and having the captains go to Buffalo's locker room, that is a guy that was feeling the same pain. He might have not have been on the Bills. But he was genuinely caring for his friend and his competitors. And we're lucky. This is three days later and we got good news. Thank God, because if, if it didn't go out that way, I, I don't even know. First of all, I don't think we would be talking today. And, and second of all, I, I don't even know how we would be going on talking about football the rest of January had we not gotten – the good news that we
0: have. Absolutely. Mark, you brought up a good point. The NFL has said this game will not go on um, between the bills and the Bengals that has been canceled with a no contest. What is being considered now? And it's the litany of live on the show on a litany of potential new rules. I'm assuming these are more than not official, but cloaked. Trending close to it uh, would be the ability for the based on the scenarios of the the outcomes of these games. uh, The Bills would be uh, against the Chiefs if the Bills beat the Patriots and the Chiefs win as well, um, that they would have the ability to then uh, have a neutral site uh, AFC championship game. And if the Bills and the Chiefs lose and the Bengals win, then the Bengals can work themselves into this neutral site Um, and we'll have to, you know, read through and pick through the details of like different scenarios and what this means. But Mike, that's like a half version of the loss column affecting this. Um, it's not quite the full honoring, like both teams would get a win in that game, but it's not also not just straight win percentage. So, um, Mark, what are your initial reactions looking at this from someone, you know, that's not overly impacted by the ruling? What what do you think of that potential decision?
2: Well, I I'm it's it's good that it seems like the league first of all is not forcing Buffalo and Cincinnati to play that game. You know, because yeah. that was a big thing in my mind. How could you force these two teams to pick this game up where it left off. how I couldn't imagine a scenario we're going to tell the Buffalo Bills, go back to that stadium and play a game a week later or two weeks later. Um, and as we heard other scenarios, you know, a week 19 game between Buffalo and Cincinnati coupled with NFC wild cards or pushing things back, this idea to, you know, declare that game a no contest and we'll figure out, how to construct the playoff scene. And from there, I appreciate that reproach approach. I think it's the most respectful one. And, you know, looking at the scenarios as they are, I mean, I think it's a reasonable compromise to have a potential Buffalo, Kansas city championship game in a neutral site, you know, and I would say have any neutral site you pick, pick Pittsburgh, put that AFC championship game in Pittsburgh and have it in DeMar Hamlin's, you know, hometown think of that. where he played college. And, you know, it would be an opportunity to, again, sort of in a way celebrate. And that's probably not the right word, but acknowledge that we have got a good result from DeMar Hamlin's medical emergency. And it's a way to sort of pay tribute to who this player was, who he was growing up, who he was in college. So whether it's the Bengals, whether it's – if one of these three teams are involved in an AFC Championship game and you want to put it on a neutral site, put it in Pittsburgh.
1: I've been thinking yeah. if they do do that, it – I was going to guess Indianapolis just because
2: – It's very central, really right, Mike? Central. Like, it, yeah.
1: I mean, obviously that's just guessing. Um, no one has any uh, insight. The other – Possibility that was discussed and we will get to the the Patriots very quickly. So um, was that they could possibly give the one seed the option of choosing a buy or home field advantage, which brings some strategy into it. I think the consensus of the cover one team was you choose the buy because there are no gimme wins in the playoffs. Right. And that gets you, um, you could still have the possibility of having a home AFC championship, even in that scenario, if Buffalo loses before then. But what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that is a reasonable uh, thing to bring up, or is it getting a little too gimmicky when you get to that point?
2: I mean, I think it's an interesting approach. Uh, you know, I saw Adam Schefter was talking about that idea. I think it's you know, it does add a layer of strategy to it. And we are in that sort of schedule in time of year where teams are starting to think about, okay, do we sit people? Do we not like, so there's strategy that's going to be playing out around the NFL this weekend anyway. And I kind of think it's an interesting thing to introduce in a unique set of circumstances, that little element. I also come down on the, the side of the bye week you know, it's, it's January now. Nobody's a hundred percent, you know, give yourself one that week to heal physically you know, again, get yourself and round deeper because, yes, you might have, you know, home field advantage throughout, but we've seen Tennessee last year, the first overall seed, lose, you know, at home to the Cincinnati Bengals. And so get yourself one step closer, get yourself a week rested up. So if they decide that's the approach they go, it doesn't look like it from this statement from the league, but mm. had they gone that route, I'd say, yeah, take the bye. Yeah,
0: for sure. Mark, as we kind of break down the last element of this, how about the scenario of the Bengals? Um, if they do lose to Baltimore, they would have lost twice, and the league is going to do a coin flip on uh, the location um, because the probability is that they would match up in that scenario. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, it, that's, that's, you know, um, Friday Ooh. night lights, right? Like a coin flip in the parking lot in the middle of the night. Who's flipping um, it? Yeah, who's flipping like... it and all that stuff. Like, are you gonna have a designated flipper? I mean, but look, the, the league is trying their best to accommodate again. Uh, I've used this phrase far too often this week, but uncharted territory, right? You know, we're in a unique set of circumstances. And I, I think, you know, having spun through this this breakdown, it seems like a reasonable approach to things, even if it comes down to a coin flip, because you know we're not, it's not like we're just, we're going to tell a team based on a coin flip. You're not in right. It's not that kind of scenario. It's a, where games going to be played kind of scenario. So, you know, what if, you know, if one's going to be at one site, one's going to be another based on a coin flip. I, I think we can live with that given everything we've seen this past week.
1: And now we get to the, the Patriot side of it, where, Beyond all this, the Patriots are in a win-and-get-in Week 18 game, which feels pretty remarkable after how the season has gone with the ups and downs and then getting uh, the victory last week over Miami to to force this this situation. What is the vibe uh, around the Patriots right now? Is there a sense... Of confidence. Obviously, the Patriots have not done well against the Bills in recent years. Do you think I I hate asking this, but do you think what the Bills have gone through and the emotional toll that they will will have been through, do you think that will hurt the Patriots overall? Will it will it have any impact, or is it just not something that you would think about?
2: I mean, I, I think. Before I came on, I saw a Bills fan suggest that, you know, pregame, instead of introducing players, you introduce the medical staff and the training staff. And that got me thinking about what that atmosphere is going to be like on, on Sunday. And I think it will be an emotionally charged atmosphere. And I think that, look, that will benefit the Bills at the start of the game. But I think you get first play. And as an aside, that first snap of football, I guess we'll see it Saturday between Kansas City and Las Vegas. That's gonna be a sort of lump in the throat moment, I think, for a lot of people, myself included. You know, we'll get through that and we'll get back to okay, we're watching football again and and but that's gonna be a lump in the throat moment. That first snap between these two teams on Sunday is gonna be a lump in the throat moment. And I think Buffalo, the crowd, the environment, there will be an energy to that. I think you get a couple of plays into it though. It's gonna be a game of football. Um, you know, as to where the Patriots are right now, Matt, you said it, it's a it's been an up and down year. I mean if you would ask me this two weeks ago when they had that loss to the Raiders and how that game went down, I would say, there's no way this team's going to have a chance to get in in the final week of the season. You know, it'd have a chance to steal one against Cincinnati and fumble that away at the end, I said, there's no way this team's going to have a chance to get in. They've got themselves a chance. There's a scenario where, you know, they get in with a loss, which is possible. You know, if Jacksonville wins, Miami loses, Pittsburgh loses, they get in with a loss – um, they've got themselves a chance. That's the best way I can put it because on paper, the Buffalo Bills are the better team. You know, I, as I've said, you know, when, I, when I've been on with you guys, you know, three times last year, earlier this year, the Bills are the better team. Um, And, you know, as, as far as what Monday night might do to this Bills team, I think it might galvanize them even more. You know, when you hear, you know, when DeMar's family spoke to the team, it said, you know, go out and get, you know, he wants you guys to go play, you know, that's going to inspire this team and as well, it should. And, you know, I I certainly think that on paper, the bills are the better team. I I think the Patriots might still get in because of the scenarios that could play out in Miami, you know, between the Steelers and the Browns. Um, But the Patriots still have a lot of things to work on. They've got some guys that are banged up that are dealing with concussions, guys like Marcus Jones, Patriots have been very, careful with head injuries in the past and in this season so we might not see some guys that you know back in week 13 marcus jones was their biggest offensive spark a rookie cornerback and when your biggest offensive spark is a rookie cornerback that tells you where a team is right now
0: yeah that's an interesting point of view and i did notice that the injury report And it does seem Belichick and the team does air like we saw. Um, Yeah, we've seen Parker out for a while uh, after that scary incident. We've seen, um, you know, Mills not play. Um, So, like, what's your overall from the from a football perspective? Are the Patriots bringing in like stakes aside? Are they bringing in their A team in your opinion? Like Jacoby Myers, I saw make that touchdown catch and come down on his shoulder again, which. But what are we going to see um, from the health of the Patriots?
2: I mean, I, I think you know the injuries. A lot of the injuries, you know, the Parker injuries. One again, that was a head injury a couple of weeks ago. That again, we're we're seeing them take a cautious approach with. Uh, but then you've got you know, like you said, Mills and Jones. I think those are the guys that you are certainly. It's. I don't think it's likely you're going to see those guys. I, the head injuries, I think. Um. They've been so cautious with those over the course of this year. I mean, Parker went out weeks ago, and we still really haven't seen him. You know, still limited in practice. Um, you know, gotcha was out today, but that was an illness. I'd expect he'll be ready to go. You know, Jacoby Myers p- has been playing with that shoulder injury for weeks now. You know, he re-aggravated it on that goal line touchdown against Miami last week. Um, I'd expect him to be back. Um, But Jones, Johnu Smith, Devontae Parker – you know, those are injuries that I think because of the nature of those, I'm not inclined to believe they'll be back. Mills is tough because it's a groin, um, corners, chest. I mean, groin injuries and things like that, you know, tough to sort of work through. They might try to give it a go with him, but he could be limited. Mm-hmm. You know, they're a band-up team, but everybody's band-up right now. It's week 18. You've got injuries. It's, it's part of the game. They're going to work through it the best they can.
1: Yeah. Obviously, the, the last time these two teams played on Thursday night football, the Patriots strategy on offense was short, quick passes, try to get yards after catch. Hopefully the Bills continue to – their poor tackling, which has been an issue for Buffalo this year, didn't work out. Outside of the one – the long touchdown. But had yeah. missed tackles. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Was, it was a long day. Do you with, with with all the things that you just mentioned, do you see the Patriots changing things up much heading into this game, or is it just try the same thing again and hope for better results? Because it, it seems like they're in a tough situation with with what they're going through right now.
2: Yeah, I mean they're in a tough, tough situation, Mike. I mean, what what's worked for them week 16, week 17, they found a little bit more in the downfield passing game. The problem is you sometimes need time to do that. And Matt Jones, you know, his numbers pressured when not or non pressured this year. I mean, adjusted completion percentage of 55.3% when pressured this year, according to the PFF, that's 33rd out of 37 qualified passers. But yet, yeah, when he's kept clean, it's 79.1%, which is 14th out of the 37 qualified passers. And so they've got to keep him clean. You no, know, his numbers when blitzed. You know, 60% of Jessica percentage went blitzed this year. That's 41 out of 42. I mean, he's really struggled with pressure. Now, interestingly enough, you know, the Bills blitzed him. I went back and watched it this afternoon. They blitzed him just four times. And he was three for three, including that Marcus Jones touchdown. But they also did get a sack on him. They really just sort of said, look, well – we're not going to blitz them too much. We'll get pressure with four. You know, we'll do other things and we'll let them take these quick throws because we'll rally, we'll tackle, we'll do things like that. Um, you know, when I was on with you guys before that week 13 game, I said they were struggling to find a, an identity in the passing game. I think they've kind of done that over the past couple of weeks. I mean, they've, they've managed to get some plays downfield. The they've got, you know, Tyquan Thornton involved. They've been using Kendrick Bourne a little bit more. Um, which Patriots fans have been clamoring for for weeks now. Part of that might have been the Parker injury, you know, Myers being banned up a little bit. You got to get some more guys in the lineup, but you know, those guys offer some, you know, some speed, some playmaking ability. So, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see those guys be involved even more on Sunday. Um, but it's been an up, it's the end of an up and down season, it's been an up and down year. You know, it's in some ways I've seen some people say that look this might've been Belichick's best coaching job ever. You know, the fact that this team still has a shot at week 18 just because of everything that they've gone through on the sort of offensive coaching staff side of the ball with Patricia Colin plays with a sort of step back from Mac Jones and things like that. Um, I think there are other much better picks for coach of the year that just put it that way, but it's an up and down year. It's been an up and down season. I'm not expecting much from this team on Sunday, Yeah, they got a shot, but I I wouldn't bet on them. Let's put it that way.
1: I have a dumb question before. There are no dumb
2: questions, Mike. There are no dumb questions. No,
1: no, this is probably a pretty dumb question, um, especially for a coach that has six Super Bowl championships with the Patriots. Are the Patriots kind – do they have that Pittsburgh Steelers-type quality where you go into this year, you don't know what to really expect. You think, well, if their defense is great and Mac Jones can put something together – Maybe they can find a way to get 10 wins. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price, and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at amfam.com.
2: Products not available in every state. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company SI and its operating company 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.
1: Israel is 5,690 miles away from the U.S., 11 hours by plane. Hate travels faster. In a comment, in a post, in a second. Jewish hate is up 388% in the U.S. Black hate, Muslim hate, and Asian hate are up too. When one hate rises, they all do. Let's stand up to all hate together.
0: Share and wear the blue square from StandUpToJewishHate.org.
1: Then there's another part of you that's like, eh, maybe there are five and 12 team. At the end of the year... They're 8-8, and battling for a playoff spot the last week of the season. Last year, obviously, they made it. Two years ago, it was a struggle, but they still found a way. I I think, what was it, seven wins in 2020, right around that mark? So is it to the point where maybe Belichick and the Patriots are kind of too too good for their, their own cause, meaning this would have been the year to maybe have a worse record, get a higher draft pick, and capitalize, not battle for the playoff spot late. Not saying that you shouldn't compete, but Buffalo, during the drought, we were known for having seven to nine seasons where we would bust our butt to get wins that just didn't matter. And it it almost seems like Belichick is almost too good to, to have that horrible season. And kind of like Pittsburgh, you would have thought four or five games into the year, Pittsburgh was toast. And now here you have them technically alive. I know this is kind of dumb. I did prophesy
2: it that it would be a, a, a weird question. Again, Mike, there are no dumb questions. I mean, I think you might be onto something here, and that you know, so much more goes into coaching than just X's and O's. Sort of like we were talking about with Sean McDermott earlier in the show. You know, with Mike Tomlin down in Pittsburgh, for example. You know, that was a roster. That going into the year, so many different websites and outlets said, Look, Pittsburgh was one of the weaker rosters in the NFL. And here we are, week 18. They got a shot. It's a slim shot, but they got a shot. Nobody expected that. You know, it's not like Kenny Pickett has been great. But Tomlin has shown some patience with him, and he's come through with some cuts plays in the fourth quarter, some games, you know, the game against Baltimore this past week, for example, although I still think he wasn't throwing to Najee Harris. I think he was throwing to the receiver, not Harris on that touchdown, but he's too smart to admit that he wasn't doing that. <laughs> but I, I think that they've shown, you know, in Pittsburgh, like, that that willingness to, you know, that ability of Tomlin to inspire that team to, be, to play above – you know, what their sort of Madden rankings might be or something like that. And I think something similar sort of played out in New England because, you know, going into this year, you thought, yeah, the defense was going to be good. What are we going to see from Mac Jones in year two? What's this offense going to look like? They've changed so much. You've got Matt Patricia, who's never called plays in the NFL on the offensive side of the ball before. There's been a lot of just bad – offensive structure design execution that has plagued this offense and this team really, you know, all season long. Um, But the fact that similar to Pittsburgh, they're still in week 18 with a chance to to get in sort of speaks to, you know, the ability of Belichick to get, squeeze as much as he can out of the lemon and get as much as out of it as he can. I, you know, to the other sort of underlying framework of your question, which was, would this have been a better year to sort of, finish five and 12 and you can get a draft pick maybe um you know the, the but you, the draft is such a uh you know toss of the coin anyway why not get yourself in and give yourself a puncher's chance maybe you know I don't, even if they do get in whether a win or a back-end situation i don't anticipate them making a run but you give yourself a shot
0: yeah yeah as i mean i'll answer it from my perspective i would win i mean i'm sorry yeah. like just the playoffs are hard to come by the bill's Obviously, during their drought, there wasn't seven, so they didn't have as many opportunities. I still think the it would have said only one year they could have potentially broken the drought.
1: And I agree, um, too. And my point wasn't necessarily losing on purpose. It's almost right. the, the ability to the still find a way to be competitive at the end of the year in spite of almost but the odds stacked against you, a roster that's not where you have rosters sometimes that underperform it, it, seems like he's always going to get that eight and eight, nine and eight type type season, regardless of who he has, you could give him the most random collection of players in a league. He's going to find a way to go at least 500 or better.
2: Yeah. 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 I think that's right.
0: Yeah. And there, there might be more something to say that say the Patriots do lose to the bills and they're eight and nine and they don't make the playoffs. And that, that is a record that's, that kills you. Um, that's not ideal. Uh, you're kind of sitting there. It's a tougher draft spot. Like you are in the Bills drought, right? Not that the Patriots are, but you are in the Bills drought range of what they would do historically, traditionally in the, in that realm. And the Jets are kind of sitting there, but they've got some good skill players and, you know, some young players and and the dolphins are muddling around in there right now. So they can't figure this thing out either. Um, but Mark, I got to ask you, I had, I brought up this proposition. Want to know what you think from a Patriots perspective. I said 10 men on the field to start the game for the Bills defense um, with the Bills safety spot being uh, not there. Um, What is your perspective from a Patriots side? What would Belichick do if that was the case?
2: I mean, I would be shocked if that didn't happen um, for the the Buffalo Bills first defensive snap. Um, You know, and I I am sure that, you know, I, I know, you know, coach Belichick said today that he's reached out to Sean McDermott and he kind of, you know, didn't want to dive into it in details, but I, it would stun me if something like that didn't happen. And again, look, I mean, the imagery, just the thought in my mind of, you know, Buffalo kicking off to open that game Patriots offense, first offensive snap of the game. And you've just got the 10 men on the field and the defensive side of the ball. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it. I think that is, and I saw when you said that, Kevin, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, absolutely how this game should start um on the first defensive snap for the buffalo bills with 10 men on the field i, I think it's completely appropriate i would be surprised if it doesn't happen that way and i'm i guarantee bill belichick would want to be you know would sign off on that and say yeah we'll decline the penalty whatever you guys want to do whatever you guys need to do we are 100 percent on board with yeah
0: that's interesting i did have some bills fans still like um completely traumatized and think that Bill Belichick would then throw uh, a deep pass, a deep out, a deep. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I,
2: what, what's been interesting, you know, in, and coach Belichick talked a lot yeah, um, today, you know, he went in detail about, you know, what they've done, you know, and he's talked about how, you know, he had Matthew Slater lead the team in prayer Um, He's taken a lot of leadership from, you know, Troy Brown and other, you know, veterans or younger coaches about, you know, how to handle this situation. And I'm sure that discussions like this have happened within, you know, the the New England locker room because, you know, he talked to himself about how, you know, this is a moment that reminded us the human nature of life, of this sport, of, you know, and he spoke at length about what players are willing to do and to basically put themselves at risk for by playing this game and how much respect he has uh, for the players that suit up and play football at the NFL level, at the college level. And so for, for for Bill's fans, it might be traumatized. No, no, no. He's going to have Mac throw deep on that. I understand. Look, it's the hoodie. He's, he's, you know, the Darth Vader of the NFL. I get it. I understand why there might be some reservations, but you know, Belichick, if that were to, you know, if that were to be the way the game opened, you know, he's going to go right along with it.
1: And Belichick still has a human side. I think people forget that. I, obviously, with the media and his persona, he he has that little bit Darth Vader, evil, evil uh, genius type thing going on. But I'm you can you could probably go further on this than I could have. But I feel like he's a person where, with his his players and personal life, there is a much more human side to him. That he just doesn't want out there. Whether yeah, it's a-
2: I, he's a he's a very stoic guy from um, a you know a football family. Obviously, you know his father, Steve Belichick, a longtime coach and scout. Uh, but there is a warm human side to him. I mean, just look up the video of Randy Moss invited them to the Halloween party of the year they had the buy. He showed up dressed like a pirate and he's on roller skates, like you know, and talking about how much he loves Halloween. Um, you know. I, Again, as I said earlier, all the reminders we've had over the past two or three years of, you know, the sort of fleeting nature of life, you know, he's cognizant of that, too. I mean, we had Mike Leach a couple weeks ago. We had Grant Wall, the incredible soccer writer at the World Cup. I mean, we've had, you know, uh, obviously the Buffalo community and what the Buffalo community has gone through over the past year. It's been a lot. Um, And I'm sure that if given that opportunity, Bill Belichick would you know completely honor However Buffalo wants to approach that first Defensive snap
0: Yeah that's a, that's a good perspective and um, I agree he's a historian he's a respectful Of the game he loves baseball yeah. Um, he'll start answering random baseball questions, which I always think is funny, like breaking down what he thinks of a certain stat or his hyster- yeah. historic run or Jaron Judge or whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, I, I Ask him a
2: lacrosse that. question sometime, then it'll really go he, nuts.
1: He, yeah.
2: I've, I, I, I've maintained his his dream job whenever he retires as the coach of the Patriots is to coach lacrosse, either at the Naval Academy or our alma mater Wesleyan University. Like That's where he's going to end up.
1: Like, hey, did you know Chris Hogan played lacrosse? <laughs> That's why you
2: love the there you go, right?
0: It works. That's why you gave him an offer broadcast. sheet. Oh, every oh broadcast. It win. works. It works. Mark, what do you what do you anticipate seeing from the Patriots this week? Do you think they get it done? They get in the playoffs and then potentially set up the same game. Um would be likely. I guess I think the Bengals could oversee them. Then you'd have the switch. Um right. of you yeah, would go to I'd... Cincinnati. <clears throat>
2: I think New England gets in, but I don't think they get in with a win. Like I, okay. I think that you know I like that Miami's down to Skylar Thompson. Like hey, hey, Mike Lennon hearing? and Mike Lennon potentially yeah. off the bench. Um, and, and look, I know that obviously the Jets season is what it is, but that defense I think is good enough to perhaps Jets could steal a win there. You know, Cleveland, Pittsburgh. Maybe they, probably
1: the better team if we're being Cleveland's real.
2: probably the better team. So maybe Cleveland wins that and then provided Jacksonville wins on Saturday night, New England gets they into should. a loss. Like I, I think that's I you're honestly not- feel like that's more likely a scenario than so New you're England talking Bills game.
1: Patriots back here so then it would be Bill's next Patriots back to back. Yeah that that would be something. That is the rare back time
2: in two years. That's gotta be close to a record.
1: Imagine it, it's gotta be. Back to back games and then back to back postseason.
2: I can't imagine that's happened too often. Yeah,
1: that would be wild.
0: Yeah, it's something that the Bills have to consider with their run, and back to back teams is never easy ever, like in any sport, in any tradition. Like it's just a hard thing to do. So I don't know if that'll be through the Bills had it all, like, with their game plan and their calling and what they're going to do, knowing that there is winning or losing. There's a scenario you see these where guys again. yeah. see these guys in, in as little as six days, I guess, their Saturday games. Well, you, um, you
1: would think New England would have – and obviously this is just generalities I'm throwing out there, but you would think that New England would have to throw out everything this week. They're trying uh, yeah. to get the win just to make – Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the New England, sure. If there yeah, is I a mean, the possibility it's, of this happening – The Bills, if they feel comfortable enough that they can win, I mean, maybe they can hold back. New England
0: has a chance to play Cincy if they win, because that would switch. That would flip the seating. So they're not necessarily sure who, especially with a win. I mean, they would go to Cincinnati where they played well. The
1: game makes an impact too. Yeah, sure.
0: They would know that before the game, just like they would know the Jacksonville results too. So they would know those before the game that where I guess they could find themselves Everroot Dog Supplements can help keep your dog feeling their best every day. Ever playful. Ever curious. Ever thriving. Visit everroot.com to learn about supplements that can help with your dog's unique needs. From multi-benefit to skin and coat to hip and joint. Because every dog deserves to feel their best. Everroot Dog Supplements. Powered by Purina. Purina. Welcome to BreezeLine, where you'll get a Cyber Monday deal on lightning-fast internet to shop quickly and securely this holiday season. Get one gig internet for $59.99 per month and a $100 Visa prepaid reward card just in time for the holidays. Plus, free Wi-Fi your way to keep cyber threats out and shopping safe. Wrap up this deal and stay secure all year long. Terms and conditions apply. Offer ends November 30th. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. And with a win would be going to Cincinnati in a game they should have won in, in my opinion at least yeah that Stevenson shouldn't fumble I mean that's just uh horrific luck um yeah. but the momentum we saw bet worse calls in different games with this with this momentum uh the the officiating at some points is uh interesting Mark but what do you think happens in this game? I appreciate you staying late in uh you know, through these circumstances of, I mean, I, I,
2: I think this is like a 23, 13. That's the number I wrote down. Um, I uh, I think Buffalo wins this game. I know there, I think six and a half was the number I saw, you know, I, I think they cover that they're just, they're the better team. We've seen that over the past five meetings between these two teams, right? Like even the wind game, it was clear who the better team was. Um, New England still got some things to figure out. And, you know, like we sort of talked about, I think there will be an element of, you know, the what we saw Monday night in this Buffalo Bills team coming together. I don't think that that would be the reason, you know, that the Bills win the game. But I think it's going to be a powerful environment and a powerful start to this game. Uh, but I just think, uh, bottom line, Bills are the better team.
0: It's interesting. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a uh, good perspective, Mark there's still a chance we'll see you for a third week in a row. Um, And we'll probably next week, if, if this happens, get into some more football discussions and what you see from Mac and uh, his future and how they could go ahead and actually take a win in, in, in Buffalo, um next week because there, there's a possibility of this scenario um there is. like i think it's 30 percent at the last odds i looked the bills first match up being the patriots so there is this possibility the other odd for the bills is the ravens that's that's another possibility for them with a loss uh they would they would see baltimore most likely so patriots baltimore the most and by i guess is still on the run i don't know that the odds haven't adjusted since the the non-decision um, but those were the three most likely scenarios by Patriots and Ravens. So we'll see. It's probably going to be even higher than 30% uh, uh, once this readjusts to factor yep. in that recently announced no decision. I'm going to put it 40% roughly that these teams play again. So Mark, we have a four in 10 chance. We see. Ya, uh, next I'm week. looking
2: forward to it already. Friends.
0: Uh, I, I love it. I think it's, it's good for the league to have this yep. over, you know, I don't know. I think, I think it's better than a Pittsburgh matchup per, per se yep. or Jacksonville. So, um, I'm interested in it, Mark, really thank you for your thoughts and your, um, you know, you know, kind words around it and your, you know, emotional statements as well. That, that means a lot to Bill's fans. And, um, it's going to be a really great atmosphere, uh, at Highmark stadium here to see this game. And like Josh and, and Sean McDermott put it, it's going to be a charged atmosphere and we'll see what that amounts to a lot on the line, maybe even more for new England, um, I mean, I still think it's cool to make back-to-back playoff appearances for anybody. So yep. a lot on the line. Like you said, you can go on a run. They're good enough defensively. They have a good enough coach. You got a did shot. Do they, be, did they beat want. Kansas City? Uh, they I mean, they, no, I mean, they almost beat Cincinnati. though.
2: Um, yeah. I, I, Give yourself a puncher's chance this time of year. That's all you can ask that's for.
0: All, that's all you can ask for. And I think that there's a possibility. It's not a shoo-in that you're just going to roll over the Patriots with Bill Belichick uh, just because – they're the seven you're the two so uh there's definitely a lot to to run to, i might even be rooting for new england as long as it's not against the bills uh i'll probably be rooting for them to beat cincinnati or or uh kansas city there you in go that environment so mark thank you so much for coming on what are you working on what do you got going on here for the rest of the week
2: uh, well, I'll probably write something on this game tomorrow. That's kind of what I was thinking about doing. Um, I might do something on pack on the Packers Lions game. Uh, but guys, I- I'm glad to hear that you guys are well. Um, you know, Kevin, I- we talked offline. Like, um, yep. you know, obviously Demar, uh, his family are in all of our thoughts and prayers. I'm glad to hear you guys are doing well. I'm glad we're getting some good news out of Demar and his situation at the at uh, UCMC. And best of luck, guys. Maybe I'll see you in a Thank week. You.
0: Yeah, we'll see a four and 10 chance. We'll see the odds. There we go. Appreciate you coming on.
2: (laughs) Thanks, guys. Have a good one.
0: You too. See you later. You too, Mark. Um, So, Mike, uh, great as always, wonderful perspective from the New England sideline um, and his experience covering the sport uh, as well as quarterbacks and his perspective watching the game with his family as well uh, on Monday Night Football. Mike, it's time for us to do score predictions Um, I've already put mine out on Twitter and I'm going to stick with it. So I'll go first for once in my life. I got 33 to three bills over, uh, over the Patriots. I think they'll come emotionally charged. It isn't, it doesn't have anything to do with the Patriots. It could be the Jags. It could be the jets. Doesn't, I don't think this necessarily matters. I don't see an environment to where the bills come out and lay an egg anything's possible with this environment that that something like that could happen, you know, heck the bills could decide that they're going to play some backups throughout this game. I don't know. I don't anticipate that, especially if Kansas city wins, Mike, could the bills decide. We're not playing for a ton here. Let's roll. Let's make sure we're safe and healthy going into the playoffs. I don't anticipate that this game means too much to show DeMar uh, and his family, what this means to the city. And those threes were wild, uh, for sure in the uh in the Sabers game uh with Tage Thompson's three goals, three minutes in, third hat trick of the season. Uh so I'm just sticking threes wild. I don't have a plan how they get the 33 yet. Uh maybe they even knee on it late in the game for an extra point or something, but I got 33 to 3 uh in this game and I feel pretty good about it. Like yes, odds would say that they're not going to win by 30, but they've done it in the playoffs before with everything on the line. And the Bills, if, if Kansas City loses, whew, Mike, uh, I really believe in that prediction at
1: that point. But um, what do you got? So first off, that would be wild if the Bills knock off the Patriots. That would be the second time in three years that the Bills have knocked off a division opponent out of the playoffs in a win and get mm-hmm. in scenario, which is all those years of missing the playoffs, this feels good uh, mm-hmm. if, if they're able to do that. I'm going to go 24-17. I feel confident about this game. Vegas, though, is rarely ever off by a ton. I, I feel like the, the six and a half points is, is close. And, and going and, down, it started at eight and a half. Which is interesting to me. I, I don't know. Is that line going down because Vegas is unsure – Mm-hmm. Where the bill's mi- mindset is going to be, where they're' where, where they're going to be at, uh, it'll be interesting in the next day or two. Will that line go back up now that the bills have had some good news? I think so. Uh, with DeMar Hamlin the The main reason I have the low scoring game is that the Patriots have a good defense. They're able to to slow teams down. And I think McDermott realizes when you play the Patriots, you have to be able to run the ball and be able to control the clock in. Limit your mistakes because making mistakes against a team like New England is really the only way with Mac Jones that they're going to be able to, to put up a lot of points. So I think we're going to have a similar approach to what we saw when the Bills were at Foxborough on Thursday night football, where they're going to want to be aggressive on the line uh, and, and try to take it to New England um, following a good Chicago game where they were able to really uh, run it at the Bears. I could also see a scenario, like you said, where the Bills, they're playing emotionally charged and they just tear New England apart. But this game does matter to the Patriots. And and like you said, it, it, what will be interesting with the Bills and their mentality in this game is are, the, are they going to know prior to the game what is going to happen with that one seed? Obviously, if Kansas City loses, you're playing for that one seed, win and get the, the bye and home field advantage. But are they going to know if Kansas City wins, if there is a scenario where it is a home uh, a neutral AFC championship or if they do have a chance uh, for the one seed? One thing that you and I have talked a lot about is there is no previous precedent to break, uh, break a situation. I can't even call it a tiebreaker because it's not, but two teams with – uneven amount of games Uh, a lot of people have been pointing to win percentage saying kansas city gets the one because they're 14 and 3 and the bills would be uh 13 and 3 and i'm about 98 percent sure that's how it would go but i don't think that's a definitively proven thing based on what the nfl rulebook says in fact, even in the Mid American Conference, as you you know, because we've dealt with this in 2020, there's some leagues across the world where when you have a no contest, it actually matches up the loss column and not the win column, where a 13 and three team would technically be tied with a 14 and three team. Kind of what and happened. Though, yeah, it's kind of what's happening, and that's happened in the MAC before. And it would have happened again this year uh, in the MAC, had UB had a scenario to win uh, the MAC East Division title this year. They had a game that was going to that was postponed, and had Ohio University lost against Bowling Green, UB would have won the MAC East with a win over Kent State, despite playing one less game and, and one less win. So, like I said, I, I don't think the NFL would go that way. But I do think there's been a lot of premature assumptions by people that Kansas City automatically is the number one. Like I said, most likely, probably a super high probability. But anyone saying that as fact, I think, is going a little, go, going a little early with it. Because until the NFL announces what they're going to do, I don't think we, we can firmly say one way or another. The fact that they were even discussing – a buyer home field advantage scenario shows that NFL can make up a rule just like that and change up everything. So I am interested to see how the league will handle this situation. Yeah, Mike. And what we're seeing potentially is something in the middle,
0: not necessarily just win percentage, um, but a a little bit of call out for the fact of honoring the loss column because they're honoring the new, Neutral field, potentially based on the fact that they weren't able to achieve as many wins. You've mentioned the MAC doing it in two years, two out of their three years. They gave Ohio a chance to do that two years ago, um, prior, and then UB would have had a chance to do it this season uh, had um, uh, had Ohio lost to BG. Um, but there is a precedent in that scenario of major sports conferences that have a major conference game with a lot of money at stake for them um, to to be able to make that decision even though everywhere says win percentage it's the most obvious thing ever you know you go win percentage but win percentage really in scenarios of like that's just the most common way to put a standings together but and in extenuating circumstances uh, you can make rulings of which way do you want to go with it do you punish the team that had to forfeit or excuse me had to uh, had a no decision on uh, both or do you punish or do you not punish or do you say? Both of those teams could achieve a win. They weren't able to play based on extenuating circumstances and line up the loss column.
1: And Kevin, this is where it's important to...
2: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
0: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry.
1: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions
1: apply. See website for details. Check where you're getting your sources of information. Uh, As a former person, former sports anchor and news reporter, and I went to J school for four years at, at Ohio. Just because somebody writes something doesn't mean that it's factual. See where they're getting that information. See where they're sourcing their information. Are they yeah, saying the true. NFL rule book? Are they are they making an assumption? If you see somebody tweet something and it doesn't line up, ask them. And maybe they don't respond. Because but I, I will say there are things that are going out on social media from professional reporters that that have covered the NFL for decades, that is not officially stated things in the NFL rulebook. So that begs the question, why are you writing something as fact when you don't know it? And I, I just want to get the answers to those because the we, we know it's a no contest. We, we understand that, but there are different ways of interpreting no contest and we know that in 2020 they were going to base it off a win percentage, but that was also a temporary COVID year situation. Yeah. Is that the is that how it is going forward every year?
2: We don't, don't know. That. Especially
1: in a situation where Cincinnati and Buffalo have both beaten KC in the past this year and there are other situations where you could make an argument both ways.
0: Yeah. Thank you, Carl, for the super chat. I really appreciate it. And earlier as well, um, we had a a super chat as well. So we really appreciate you guys tuning in. Yes. Amazing news about DeMar Hamlin. We talked, please, on demand, any of our on-demand listeners, um, we spoke about DeMar earlier uh, in the episode, even with Mark, the first probably 40 minutes uh, of our situation and our thoughts and feelings around that environment and what uh, the team and everyone's gone through. So please, if you're listening on Apple podcast, uh, we have an on demand section right there in the beginning of our episode here, talking about Tamar exclusively. Um, and question is, do we see Dean Marlowe play instead of uh, at safety? I do not think so. Uh, he was inactive. The bills were one play away from seeing Cam Lewis. I do believe Cam Lewis was the safety to play in that game. I think you'll see Cam Lewis, they saw him against Justin Jefferson. Uh, I think they'll want to see what they get from him again at the converted safety spot. He played pretty well outside of just the, 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 the the, the image everybody has in their head of, of the, the Jefferson ball behind his back. Uh, just such a crazy, crazy play. And it would just happen to be Cam Lewis. I do think he's their bills fourth safety um, and, they would activate Dean Marlowe if had he have been there for safety. I don't, I think Jaquan Johnson is a backup to Jordan Poyer anyways, and I don't think you see him. So in my opinion. has been getting work since the preseason. Yeah, Uh, I think this is, this is his time to shine. The Bills did sign a safety yesterday. They had him on the practice squad uh, for a, for a month or so. And actually the Bills don't have a safety on their practice squad. So they went off the Jets practice squad to sign Jared Maiden, a guy that was on their practice squad prior, a UDFA from Alabama with all the skill set. Uh, Has had injuries in the early portion of his career. Um, So if they were going Marlowe, they wouldn't have signed Maiden, in my opinion, either, because they had an inactive safety that they could go to to activate. Um, So I'm not sure exactly the thoughts around Marlowe and the trading of a draft pick to get there. And the last point of all this, the free safety position could roll through Micah Hyde at some point in the next couple of weeks. It's looking more and more likely you could see him, uh, especially after if they achieve a buy. But Mike, there's more and more likely you might see Micah Hyde at some point this season. That would be uh, which is, unbelievable. Which is such an interesting perspective and way to look at this whole scenario. So we'll see if the Bills do see Micah Hyde. Not this week, but increasing odds as the Bills go on uh, forward. So that's kind of the plan. I don't see Dean Marlowe being that guy. I don't think he signed Maiden. Uh, he was a roster spot cutting uh, Xavier Rhodes. I don't see that being a thing he would have done had he just gone to to, to Marlo. Um And Marleau is a special teamer. I think he's there for depth. I think he was originally traded for after the Poyer injuries that he's had. Um, so I think that he would also be maybe someone that they would play over Jaquan Johnson, maybe with poyer box role and his, in his run stopping ability, uh, as Marlowe, um, it's not known for his coverage ability. Um, so that's my opinion on the safety position here going forward on what the bills may do on that. And, uh, it'd be wonderful to see Micah Hyde uh suit up in this game. Um, so, uh, with all that being said, the Chiefs still do gain an advantage, in my opinion, by the fact of the Bills and the and the um, Bengals not completing their game. Uh, yes, that uh, might be in a neutral site, but they had a better chance to potentially be in Buffalo and have to play week two. Now they get a bye and a neutral site. Still a pretty good compromise for Kansas City. I don't think there should be any complaints out of there. It is Baltimore that could complain a little bit about the scenario, but they're going to get a coin flip if they are able to win their game. And the Bengals could complain a little bit, too. Um, if they'd like to, that they, you know, I've already seen it a little bit. Unfortunately, that uh, um, that should at least be maybe a coin flip or some variation uh, in that game. To um, because Probably everybody
1: loses out except for Kansas City. Kansas City is the only first team that really gains. They get
0: the they get the buy and a neutral field. That's that's that, that's getting off nice. we getting off
1: nice. Buffalo has a gripe because. Yes, things weren't looking good early on against Cincinnati, but there were still 51 minutes left in the game. Buffalo – They have the worst first-quarter yeah,
0: DVOA. Yeah, the
1: Bills could have adjusted. The, you can't assume that the Bills' offense would struggle. The, they were going to get their points. So there, you can't assume Cincinnati runs away with it. I, I know it didn't look good for the Bills early on, but you can't assume that. But So the Bills have the gripe because, obviously, they lose out on a potential buy and home field mm-hmm. advance in the playoffs. Cincinnati mm-hmm. has the gripe as a gripe because with a win and a Kansas City loss, Cincinnati could have had a chance at the one seed. But even more so, even if Cincinnati wasn't going to get the one seed, they beat the Bills and they finish off the Ravens. They, they have a chance at the two and then Buffalo could be going to Cincinnati for the AFC championship. Now Cincinnati is in a position where if Buffalo and Kansas City win their, their playoff games as long as the Bills win this weekend, Cincinnati is going to have to go on the road and most likely win back-to-back road playoff games, which they did last season. But uh, against Tennessee and Kansas City, I would say it's going to be more difficult to do that a second time around if Cincinnati has to play the Bills, than uh, Chiefs at Arrowhead, uh, depending on how that plays out. And then, like you said, Baltimore, they really do lose out. Um, had they won their Sunday night game, this wouldn't be a situation where they would have lost out. But to have that division – any chance at that taken away, that's probably the biggest gripe. But the NFL had no answers for this. There really wasn't a clean way forward. The only way the NFL could have avoided a situation where they're going to aggravate a a fan base was if they either played this Bill Cincy game a week later, which honestly doesn't seem the right thing to do, or you cancel the, the Raiders' Chiefs game, so then the Bills, Bengals, and uh, Chiefs all play the same amount of games, and you get a an even potential tiebreak scenario. But it, it was never going to work out. As soon as it hit Tuesday afternoon, and you knew that we hadn't had any good news yet at that point, there was no way they were going to schedule the game for Wednesday. And it was pretty much a wait and see what the NFL is going to do. And we're still we're getting some ideas but we still don't know uh, officially how this is going to play out yeah and i already have like
0: as we transition to football and we transition to, even in this show and maybe in life and future and in odds now that after this week is completed uh, here in the next couple of days you know really three days and we'll know these answers you know we've already had people complaining you know uh, I hate to see it and I've seen it in my mentions. I won't entertain anything around the bills are screwing everybody or I'm not going to entertain that. I don't think that there's any way that the bills would ever prefer this scenario ever in life. Uh, so I don't want to hear that the, the bill should forfeit or this and that. Like it's just a terrible well, thing. It isn't even a
1: possibility. Like I it's don't. It's just a
0: terrible take. If you're a salty fan of any team, whether chiefs, Bengals, and, and I'm the commissioner it.
1: doesn't even have the power. If people read what the rule book says, the commissioner does not have the it's power to decision. rule a game a yeah.
0: forfeit. It's a The commissioner
1: decision. also doesn't have the power to rule the game a tie. That's why they did a no contest. Because the NFL commissioner does not have the power written into all the NFL official rules to do that. I understand why fans were talking about a forfeit. And I even understand why... Fans were talking about the Bills forfeiting this weekend. The NFL was didn't have the power to do that with the Bengals game, and I'm going to be just speaking how I feel on this. This New England Patriots game on Sunday was never there was never a possibility of a forfeit. They would if they had to wait a week to play the Patriots, they would have waited a week to to play the Patriots, and the reason being, as much as the mental health aspect in the recovery of DeMar Hamlin would impact the Bills ability to play this week. The NFL was not going to let the new England Patriots get into the playoffs on a win or go home game. Most likely by getting in by a forfeit when you, when it directly impacts potentially two or three other teams, when it, when it impacts Pittsburgh, when it impacts uh, the Miami Dolphins, when it impacts potentially the Jacksonville Jaguars if they were to lose on Saturday night. I totally get the gesture if, say, we hadn't got had the good news that the Bills should just forfeit, don't worry about the game, get the bye. I guarantee you, if the Bills weren't able to play the Patriots this weekend, they would have pushed that game back a week and played that Patriots They game. gave
0: the Bills an option. One, another.
1: They, the NFL was not going to give a team a playoff spot when it would have a direct impact on two or three other teams and their games the final week.
2: Like I could
0: see I could have seen the NFL uh if say the Bills really needed to postpone um Patriots versus whatever team would have been in for their spot instead. Yeah, that, that's the seen, only like a play-in the, game.
1: Yeah. But but there was I understand in the, the as we said earlier in the show the the trauma was real the the mental exactly health aspect is real what everybody has gone through is incredibly difficult and odd but the last thing you want to do in these situations is to come to quick decisions that don't invo- that don't have thought involved in it you it's it's tough for the nfl and i'm not and the nfl is oftentimes on the wrong side of these decisions you have the business side competing with the the human side and then you got the competitive balance perspective and the ba- the, the business side and the competitive balance side would say that game would have to be played one way or another like i said I would understand if it wasn't played this weekend had we not gotten uh, the good news, but uh, according to, to people that I've been, that I've spoke to, there is been no discussion of this game getting canceled. Absolutely. Um, so not going I like, I just
0: don't under don't even listen to, to any complaints around the way the league handle it. This is what they had to do. Um, you know, McDermott and Taylor said there was no initiative to play um, this game. Uh, there was no at the time even there was no delay. Um, we're not going to punish a team who went through this emotional event and this catastrophic event to this player. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any any and the sense. Bengals
1: were on board too.
0: The Bengals agreed. Why they could get an equal forfeit? They, I mean, they agreed to not play the game just because I, I know the scoreboard said seven to three at midfield. But just because of that, like, that doesn't earn them away, like they also agreed, walked across the field and agreed to for, to 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 postpone the game and or no contest it. They don't get a win for that either. Unfortunately, they didn't win. Um, you could say they loved their game plan for nine minutes, I guess, um, if you really want to go there. But the Bills are historically good in the second, historically good in the second, historically good in the second and third quarters per metrics and they're getting the guy to start exactly they're getting this ball to start the third quarter so they could have been down 10
1: even uh, if it, 11 say the Bengals um, score a touchdown on that second drive even score They're down 11 on, and yeah, they have 21 points 11. the Bills get a touchdown too it could be 21 17 at the half and then the Bills could get a touchdown and then next thing you know they're up to start the the third quarter after Midway the way through the so third right right way through, through games, the third it's 24 uh, 21 and how many games this year have we seen the Bills have those struggles early on? I, I can think of the Cleveland game where the Bills didn't get a first down until early on in the second quarter. Uh, the Bills had their struggles against Detroit. Uh, just it, it, sometimes it's crazy when you look at a twelve and three team and you realize like there were struggles uh, in some of these contests. But like you said, Kev, in the second, third quarter, the Bills have been a dominant football team this year, and they have found a way uh, to win many games late in the fourth quarter, coming back. Uh, even think about. Think about Baltimore, Kevin. That game mm-hmm. fell over in the early part of the second quarter, and the Bills come back to win. So there was no way the Bills would ever – or the good league would Baltimore ever accept team, a full-strength strength
0: Baltimore team. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah Especially when the Bills have already shown the ability to come back from a major deficit, and Cincinnati has also shown the ability to blow a big lead against New England, a team that barely can even move the ball offensively just a week prior. So – I know there's a few people that were were discussing that on social media. I do want to say I don't think that was the majority of people. And I don't want to call out Bengals fans. I know there was a, a post that, that mentioned some Bengals fans were being a little bit whiny. I do think Bengals fans have been incredibly gracious for the most part and have been tremendous in their support of, of the Bills, uh, DeMar Hamlin and everything, the vigils at the the hospital, the just the reaction, the donations to Damara Hamlin's um, mm-hmm. foundation. Mm-hmm. So I don't want I don't want to call out anybody uh, at this moment in time. I, I know sometimes when traumatic things, bad things happen, it's human nature to want to place blame on someone or have a target. I think in the end, the NFL made the right decision with the help of Zach Taylor, Sean McDermott, the fan base fan bases have rallied together the whole nfl uh family has rallied together the country has come together which is crazy because (laughs) that doesn't happen often so i I don't want to play the blame game with anyone i just want to be grateful and thankful that demar hamlin appears to be making solid progress is should make a recovery and that we have come together in this situation yeah,
0: and as we heard, I want to address like you know, obviously my I tweeted earlier when I first thought of it about the old ten men on the field against New England to honor Hamlin and what he did and what he went through for you know, for this organization and this team, uh, and uh, just being an, a, an immense great character in the uh, in his Pittsburgh community, in the Buffalo community, and just a, a, an amazing person that they would leave his free safety spot open in the Bills defense this Sunday. Um, and we, I, I went on the Pat's pulpit show with Pat Lane. And I also, we just had Mark Schofield on from SB nation. They both confirmed that bill Belichick would take a delay, a game penalty. And the bills would obviously decline that penalty and then play football. Um, so that's the idea there with how they would open this game with a charge and emotionally great atmosphere in high Mark stadium under no influence. Do I see a scenario where they go deep to the Hamlin spot. That is not Bill Belichick as much as we think it is. It we is can joke about that, but that's not Bill. that's not true. It's not going to lose them the game. That is not how you honor somebody. And Bill Belichick is all about history. He's all about honor. He's all about respect of the sport and, and other sports, as uh, as, uh Mark mentioned uh, earlier on the show, like lacrosse and baseball. So this is not just a, a factor of they're going to make some big play down the left sideline. That's not the, the instance of this. Um, so Mike, it's been an action packed show one hour and 30 minutes here. We appreciate everybody tuning into the, under these circumstances and great news of the DeMar Hamlin uh, updates that we have. And we're assuming and hoping and praying and whatever we do for good vibes for better updates, even better updates, uh, and getting to stable condition would be the greatest news before the game ever. Imagine that on the Jumbotron, um, He's in stable condition, which is an upgrade to critical condition in the medical society. And he is off the ventilator and the news of portraying that down to the um, Bills sideline and the fans, uh, him on the Jumbotron, if, if he's able to write or talk, uh, if he's feeling up to it and or, or, or even his family members, um, the emotion and the charge that that could give. And him on the Jumbotron, maybe for that first defensive snap, I don't know, um, you know, whatever the scenarios may be. But just that's the stuff we're praying for and hoping for um, on Sunday at 1 o'clock to energize the stadium and him giving him his all. And quite frankly, I want to honor him with him off the field or with him on his 10-man roster. He is a starting safety on this roster. That is what should happen. And I don't really care. I don't think Belichick would ever do it, but I don't really care if he runs to the left and tries to get 12 yards or 22 yards or throws it deep and tries to beat Poyer or whatever the scenario is. I have a history I have this thought in my head that Trey White or Jordan Poirier or whoever would break it up and or it just does is inconsequential to what, in my opinion, uh, what the what the sentiment would be. So that is my opinion on how I'd like to see this gone and hoping for in the next two and a half, two to two, two to three days, some really traditionally and some 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 continued great news on Demar Hamlin and the story of what we were able to do honoring the people on the field who was able to save his life and him fighting for his life. I really don't care about if Belichick disrespects him. I don't see that, Mike. I don't see that. Um, But I, that's just my opinion on what I'd like to see happen to start the game. So Mike, what are your final thoughts here as we've gone an hour and 33 minutes?
1: Yeah. Final thoughts, just continuing to think and pray for Damar Hamlin, his family, uh, his okay. teammates from the point he was young, high school, college, Bills players, Bills coaches, um, the entire Bills Mafia uh, community, um, because this was a very traumatic thing that uh, mm-hmm. we we went through, all of us together on on Monday night, uh, especially thinking of the, of, of the Bills players because they were there up in person uh, and they saw that uh, close up and personal. So uh, hoping that DeMar continues to pr- pr- to progress, that we get uh, Morgan news, that his family feels the support from the rest of the nation and that right. uh, hopefully the Bills can use the, the positive news uh, to basically build off of and use that energy uh, going forward the rest of the year. Um, regardless of what the NFL decides for their seed, regardless of what happens on Sunday. Just know that we are all united behind them and that whatever support they need, uh, we hope to, to provide it for them. And we'll leave you with one final tweet from
0: our own Hansel um, from cover one um, for the people saying the bills would have lost to the Bengals as an argument for the bills, losing that game. Here's a stat. The bills have trailed five games this season with six minutes left in the first quarter five. The Bills are five and O oh in those games. So I will leave you with that stat as we consider that that game should not matter and should not equal anything beyond what had happened and what needed to happen in those dire situations. Um We'll be back at you at our normal time, talking playoffs, maybe with Mark. And um, we'll be back at you. Um, you know, we'll see. Is it is it the Dolphins? Is it a buy? I don't even know. I don't know, Mike. There's so many unknowns, but we'll be back at you at our normal time, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. from the Cover One Podcast Network. Kevin Misery, Mike Bunt. Stay tuned for uh, our additional content. I think the Air Raid Hour is continuing the pregame show here on Sunday, uh, and more con- continued coverage. Of the DeMar Hamlin situation, anything, any emergency news that we need to, you know, maybe some one of us will go live. Anything news with Dubai or rule changes, maybe one of us will bring in some breaking content. But from everybody, we really appreciate everyone tuning in on their Thursday night here with us. Pretty active chat today. We appreciate every single one of you. A pretty active discussion. Appreciate all of your comments and thoughts and super chats and prayers for DeMar. Prayers, thoughts, feelings, emotions, whatever you can give Um, for the continued great news from what we've heard, uh, just a miracle news and continued better news uh, as the game approaches. And as the bills uh, come together as a team and organization here Sunday at one o'clock against new England and root for a Raiders victory on Saturday afternoon, Mike, Kevin, really appreciate everybody being here and being in here and listening to our thoughts and our emotions and our, and our words on all of this, um, and we really, as always, tune into all of our shows here on the Podcast Network, Kevin and Mike, and we'll check you guys Tuesday at 7 o'clock, right here, live on YouTube.
1: Josh Allen, looking deep, going deep.
0: To me, talking about the build, what else would you rather be doing?
1: We're hoping to add a, a new dimension to the Cover One Network. No, I just want to talk about this
0: championship. While I would never had a championship caliber team to talk about,
1: I want to focus more on the storylines each week. What are the big stories going on with the Bills? What are uh, thoughts, commentary? How do these things impact Buffalo? Deep drop, deep throw, and it is pulled in for the touchdown. Allen deep to the end zone and caught for a touchdown. Play action.
0: Pro football player Travis Kelsey is pressed for time during the football season. So he does two things
1: at once. Whether it's grilling while mowing. Two things at once! Or getting this season's updated COVID-19 shot at the same visit as his flu shot. Two things at once. You can be like Travis and ask your pharmacist about getting this
0: season's COVID-19 shot at the same visit as your flu shot, if you're due for both, as recommended by the CDC. Learn more and schedule at VaxAssist.com. Sponsored by Pfizer.